Jin and Gortney Shepard would do anything for their friends, including kill their friend's dad, daughter, or childhood pal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. And today, on the, I almost said 408th episode, <laughs> on the on the 8th episode of our 4th season, we will still be talking about Mass Effect 2. Uh, 408 <laughs> episodes. 400 I'm so proud episodes. of us. What is that, 8 years? Something like that. Anyway, so much video game, especially the way we play them. (laughs) By the by, by now we've played two more video games in the last eight (laughs) years. Um, We're talking about Mass Effect Two. We're we're doing Jacob's loyalty mission, Samara's loyalty mission, and Jack's loyalty mission, as well as a side thing that I did that Kim did not do. So that's fine. Uh, So if you haven't done that stuff, you don't want to get spoiled. Do not listen to this. Otherwise, hello, welcome to the show, Kim. How is it going today? It's going. Very well. Um, it's officially October, so I yes. am. I've reached my full potential. Yeah, I've noticed the chrysalis that usually hangs over your shoulders is like fully gone, and you have these like beautiful wings. I now. do. You, I have these beautiful molded. wings with skulls on them, um, yeah. and everyone thinks they're very cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's it's beautiful out for the time being. It's going to be eighty degrees again shortly, but for now, God. I'm enjoying it. Uh, how, how have you been? I'm great. It's also October here, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> And so weird how that works. Such we have quickly gone from 80s and 90s down to 60s, uh, oh, which I'm so jealous. is just delightful. I'm wearing jeans and a long sleeve T-shirt today. Ooh. The windows are closed because it's too loud outside to have them open, but I'm not sweating, which is what usually happens <laughs> if I turn the air conditioner off in the summer. Uh, so I am feeling just wonderful. I'm so happy for you. And uh, the stuff that happened in this episode has me feeling ways as well. But before we get to that, Kim, what's the bullshit this week? You know, if you're feeling a type of way and you want to feel a different, more (laughs) happy, comfortable type of way, Mm -hmm. you might watch your favorite comfort show. And today we're going to be talking about the favorite comfort shows of the Mass Effect squad mates. Whoa. Now, this this did end up going in some cases beyond television but what is television anymore in this day and age sure so um we'll just dive in yeah starting with jack uh jack's favorite comfort show is like the back catalog of america's funniest home videos if you put any of that shit on and it's just people falling down and hurting themselves and like Mm -hmm. dad's getting Mm -hmm. hit in the groin by (laughs) little children swinging baseball bats um jack's having a good time jack loves that shit yeah yeah next up we have miranda and her comfort (laughs) show is just turning on msnbc um and hearing about stocks i oh the stocks angle is is tempting i was gonna say maybe a c-span and just like watching the live feed of the fucking house representatives or whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck is on c-span but yeah. the stocks, I think, I think Miranda likes the stocks more because it's more uh, concrete, kind of, because it's numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's like know? less frustrating. It's like the stocks go up, the stocks go down. Right. Yeah. And she's also fully insider trading. So she is like <laughs> really <laughs> vested in a lot of the yeah. stuff going on. Yeah, it's it's like it always it's always good news for her because of yeah. the insider trading. So she's right. like, this is great. I love this. I love this. <laughs> 
so good. I think Garrus likes how it's made. I think mm. he just likes watching like this is a, a weird mechanical process that you would never have considered how how it gets done. Yeah, I'm considering. I don't want to say what I'm considering because I think I think I might have I, I, that might come up later uh, as a different comfort show. But we'll see. Oh, OK, well, uh, we'll come back to that. Next up is Kasumi. Uh, Kasumi, I think, is a romantic at heart. So I think she watches a lot of like Hallmark or Lifetime romances and Mm. K-dramas. I could see her just like gobbling up the latest K-dramas on on Netflix, just like constantly. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, she's definitely got that air of of love stuff, you know, love stuff. What Love stuff. Yeah. It's been a week since we it's been an an extra week between recordings and mm-hmm. I guess I'm bad at podcasting now so yeah. sorry. That's that happens sometimes when you go on vacation. <laughs> you just get permanently locked in vacation mode. Um mm-hmm. next up we have Zaid. Zaid likes mash. I thought about oh. cheers for Zaid but then I was like no, he likes mash. Like he 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 feels like those are his guys, you know. Mm. I've never watched an episode of Mash <laughs> if I'm being honest, but I just feel I, like Zaid would. I, I've watched a couple. It's it's pretty it's pretty pretty funny i mean it's it's an interesting show i think you could probably make a whole podcast just on mash to be honest yeah part of me was thinking zaid was like really into band of brothers <laughs> or something <laughs> yeah like uh, for those who don't know it's it's a an hb or yeah it's an hbo series about uh this platoon in world war ii uh and it's like really heavy and like mm-hmm. really intense but i feel like zaid just loves <laughs> loves it i also think like history channel war stuff all the war stuff yeah yeah, just war stuff it's so funny like he's called the veteran but like he has never done any actual military he's never served he's never served in the military he's just a merc i don't know (laughs) yeah but he has that vibe so for thane i just have another channel just hgtv i don't know why but i feel like that like maybe because he's always on the go and never at home maybe something about hgtv makes him feel like he's at home i love this idea that thane (laughs) thane as we know drell have perfect recall oh my god and as you said thane is never home but hey maybe thane's a kind of do-it-yourselfer kind of fix-it guy (laughs) and he's watching all these shows saying i should do that to the kitchen (laughs) and he's he is he is keeping that locked in his never forget part of his brain um and he is going to come back and do you know chrome (laughs) handles on like a mahogany Mm -hmm. uh cabinet door Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) And and, and uh, this yeah. is part of this is part of the like family drama is that Thane starts a project and then he's got to go kill oh somebody and he never finishes them. <laughs> and that's part of his guilt, too, because he always mm-hmm. remembers those half finished projects. Mm-hmm. Yes, he'll <laughs> never forget shit. them. <laughs> he'll never forget. Oh, my uh, God. The living room he half painted. <laughs> Fuck. So, so hot and miserable. <laughs> <laughs> all right next up we have tally and she mm. watches mythbusters yes okay this is right. what i was gonna say for garris this yeah. is <laughs> yeah maybe they watch together because i could see it um yeah. and and it's funny because i think morden also also I think, was gonna say Morden watches so, mythbusters. Yeah. <laughs> i think at first he doesn't 
have a comfort show because that's just mm-hmm. like he doesn't need that. He processes things very quickly. He doesn't need comfort. He does but, not relax. But he eventually gets really into Mythbusters because he sits down with Tally while she's watching it. And the yeah. entire time he's like, well, actually, and like, like uh, criticizing it basically the entire time and being like, mm-hmm. here's how I would have run that experiment, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, he's like, thank you for letting me join you. Mythbusters quite entertaining and just like <laughs> becomes totally into it. And now anytime Tali is like trying to watch Mythbusters, Morden is there like kind of ruining it for her. Um, mm. But she's a nice person and doesn't have the heart to be like, can you fuck off? Yeah. So that's yeah, that's he's got the, the uh, Adam Savage. Big fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible. I love the Morden sniff. It's so good. It's so good. I, I wish I had like a dramatic vocal tick like that. <laughs> um, next up, Jacob ESPN. He just puts it on yeah. in the background while he's working yeah. out and it makes him happy. I don't. Yeah. You know. I, I, d- do you think Jacob has any vested interest in any team or do you I think he's just think like so. has it on and it's just like, yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I think he just has it on. I don't even yeah. know if he like, I don't even know if he like follows that closely. Um, I think it's just yeah. like a background thing. Yeah. Well, as we learned this week, his relationship with his dad is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I imagine it's a thing that his dad would like put on at home. I mean, like, all right, it's Sunday. We're watching football all day, whatever. We're doing the whole thing. And Jacob was like, I am not into this. But yeah. something about the like sports sound in the background is still like nostalgic mm-hmm. home stuff to him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Next up, we have Grunt. Uh, I think Grunt likes Big Bang Theory because he likes to make fun <laughs> of the characters because they remind him of Solarians. Um, oh, my he's God. Like, Uh, He's like, oh, they're so they think they're so smart, but they're so whatever. But then (laughs) then he finishes Big Bang Theory and he's like, oh, there's a spinoff. Young Sheldon. I'm going to watch this, too. I bet it's going to be exactly the same. And then then he watches Young Sheldon. He's like, because Young Sheldon has like a little more heart. You know, it's like a little bit more of like an emotional, like tender. And so (laughs) watches one episode of Young Sheldon in like the lounge or whatever. And he's like, this sucks. What is this? But then secretly he goes back to his uh, little room in the the cargo bay and like binges the whole thing and cries a lot. Yeah, I think Grunt feels a lot in common with Young Sheldon as like a, a person who is you know kind of still finding their place in the world but also has all this knowledge for no reason you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i think grunt sees himself as a young, young sheldon, sheldon. Yeah. yes <laughs> it's like this misunderstood kid <laughs> oh my fucking god uh, <laughs> many words <laughs> I, I need a name many words go through my head sheldon was the last sheldon. one spoken <laughs> oh man fuck uh, I love our little Sheldon. Our and he's like sh- a fucking turtle too, kind of thing, you know, with the shell. Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. <sighs> shell, Sheldon. Anyway. Sheldon. Um, <laughs> next up, we have Samara. Um, I think she likes Game of Thrones. Mm. I just like, I think the sort of like political intrigue of it um, is enjoyable to her. Coincidentally, Morinth, who we find now can also be a squad mate, also likes Game of Thrones because she likes the violence. Yeah, okay, that's for sure. I think... I think Samara, I think there's like some sort of thing in the Justicar code that is like, you're only allowed to read these five books. <laughs> and so Samara's only allowed to she read watch like, TV. 
Yeah, she does not watch TV. She's only allowed to read like five of the oldest books in the galaxy. Alternatively, I could see Samara being like, I do not watch television. It's not in the code. And then like getting into something extremely strange. Like, I don't know, like Bob's Burgers or something. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's just yeah. something about it. It's yeah. like, this doesn't... Te- it's it's like the family so... family dynamics intrigue me. Yeah, the family dynamics. Or she needs something that is, like, so kind of, like, pushing the boundaries of what television can be that it's not <laughs> technically television, you know? Like, I can't even think of an example. But, like, uh, like, like Blair Witch Project, when that first came out, of like, this yeah. isn't what a movie is, you know? Um, uh, I, I haven't seen it, but maybe the rehearsal... Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting for sure. Oh, man. I also think Morden would really like the rehearsal. Man, if you liked Nathan for you at all, mm-hmm. y'all, anybody listening, Kim, you as well, I uh, I would yeah, suggest I the just, rehearsal. Also, if you didn't I like just need Nathan to re-up for you, my, my HBO Max subscription is the only thing stopping yeah. me. If you didn't like Nathan for you, I think give the first episode of the rehearsal a shot, at least the first like <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes, because maybe some of the wildest television I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved Nathan for you, so I feel like yeah. I, I would probably like it. It's just I have yeah. to go through the the motions of yeah. resubscribing. The, 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 that shows like Nathan for you if it adopted like Jacob's workout plan. You know, like it's like it's it's Nathan for you, but fucking ripped. It's oh, my like gosh. Next level. Okay. All anyway. right. I will watch it. Um, and good. of course, let's do the Mass Effect one squad mates. Um, Liara just strikes me as a Parks and Rec girl. I think she likes it. I think she likes Leslie. She's like one of those like Leslie Nope lovers. Mm-hmm. I think she came across parks and rec like doing research on humans of like Mm -hmm. the parks and rec you know she got down to the municipal levels of (laughs) of of human society and then found she just like searched the phrase parks Mm -hmm. and rec (laughs) came up and was like oh okay this must this is like a documentary series she thinks this is a documentary (laughs) yes exactly Uh, um Caden, i don't know why but i was like i feel like i could see Caden uh watching the twilight zone Mm. i feel like he could be a twilight zone guy that's interesting. I was going to say Caden's like like an office guy. Like Caden is like the most basic. Uh, <laughs> not that it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just like a lot of people's comfort yeah, show a lot of people is like the office because it's yeah. easy to put on in the background. Yeah, uh, I think I think that's I think that's Caden for me. But I do like this weird, weird fiction that he's into Twilight Zone for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he could be into Twilight Zone, but you're right. I think for his comfort show, mm-hmm. I think you're probably right. That's something like The Office. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley, <laughs> I just wrote church here. Like I church. Think- <laughs> I think she just puts on her YouTube video of like a church service. Jesus Christ. There's a, oh man, there's a show on Hallmark about like uh, a family that like runs a ranch or something. And there's like, Mm -hmm. you know, they're like very, very uh, hometown families or whatever. I feel like that's, (laughs) that's the show. I I do not know the name of the show. I thought it was Southern Heart, but that's like a book series and a 1999 Hallmark movie. Mm. So that's not, that's not what I'm thinking of, but it's something like that. Um, Okay. But I do, (laughs) church is also just very good. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Um, finally, Rex, again, I don't know why. West Wing. West Wing. Whoa. Whoa. I don't know. I I feel like maybe the like the politics of it, like in his current situation, I feel like watching something about politics might be like 
interesting to him you know yeah i think i think it's yeah something about politics but that isn't that is like dramatic like a television show Mm -hmm. and it's not just like c-span or msnbc or something or or, right you know yeah i don't uh, think he actually cares about like regular politics outside of like what it means for the krogan but like yeah like i i just think like a nice you know yeah if we're talking comfort shows and hey fun connection the president in the west wing martin sheen (gasps) you're right (laughs) i didn't even think about that there you go (laughs) we've done it we've done it uh so that's the bullshit for this week amazing i love this uh yeah let's uh man i want to watch mythbusters now um shit me too i haven't watched Mythbusters (laughs) in so long and it was like such a favorite of mine when i was a teenager yeah food network and discovery were like my my like i don't know what to watch but like Mm -hmm. i will put this on while i do something else or whatever like i was a big laptop gamer in high school um so i would like you know be sitting on the couch and was like well i need something else happening in the background Mm -hmm. because you know i've been conditioned to do so so i would put on discovery or food network or something yeah i was a discovery channel animal planet kid which Mm. i'm sure makes tons of sense for anyone who knows my podcast (laughs) oeuvre yeah uh let us know your comfort shows in the comments below no um (laughs) anyway smash that like button smash and subscribe uh smash and subscribe (laughs) what is happening today we recorded an hour later than usual Mm -hmm. so i should be like more aware than i typically am i mean to be fair we record at noon my time anyway so i you know but anyway fuck Let's just get into the podcast Let's before I like stumble, <laughs> uh, stumble my way into fucking anything else. I don't know, man. Here we're gonna uh, uh, go to do Jacob's loyalty mission. See ya. Bye. I don't know why I said bye as if the end of the podcast. <laughs> Hello again. Uh, hello again. Welcome back. We're here. Jacob's loyalty mission called the gift of greatness. Great title for mm-hmm. the mission. Just a quick recap. So we talked to Jacob and he had gotten forwarded a distress signal from the uh, I don't know what the letters in front the SS not SS. It's something else. The Gernsback, um, yeah. which is a ship that his father had served on, uh, but that went missing uh, like 10 years ago. Uh, and so he's like, well, this seems kind of weird, but like. If there's a chance that maybe my dad is still alive or whatever, I would just like to go check it out. And if it's nothing, then we can, you know, we can call it and whatever. Uh, and so that was the whole pitch. Really, said, OK, yeah. So we head down to the planet where the Gernsback has crashed. Who else did you bring? I brought Miranda because that oh. that felt fictionally like yeah. that felt can- canonical to me that Miranda would go help Jacob. That is. Thing. Yeah. Well, with what you find out at the end of the mission, I feel like that that must have been a nice I don't know, nice person to have there. I no, um, yeah, it was good. I brought Cosme so they could bond. Yeah, I uh, I wound up doing a bunch of side mission stuff before we recorded today, and I brought Jacob and Cosme just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no, like yeah, I don't nice ass I wish, Jacob or something. Yeah, or something. I wish they uh, would flirt. Anyway, yeah, right? just just because I'm messy. <laughs> <laughs> so we arrive on the planet, and there is a giant, a huge crashed mm-hmm. ship. Uh, and as you approach the ship, the vibes are also it's very like it's a tropical planet. It's yes. very they're very much doing Lord of the Flies. sort of. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we approach the destroyed ship and there is a like a VI air thing. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of ask what happened and said uh, it's 
The issues it flagged were unsafe deceleration, local food and neural decay, and uh, beacon activation protocols. Um, so unsafe deceleration, it crashed. The, the mm-hmm. ship crashed. I don't know why. It was like, it, 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 it's, it's just very funny, I think, for the VI to be like, I don't know what happened, but the, show, the, the ship slowed down really <laughs> fast. Like, yeah, man, it's called a crash. So uh, it basically explains that as the ship was like, going into uh, emergency mode or whatever um something had happened to the previous captain they uh, uh, i think it said that like it got it was impacted by something i almost wonder mm. if that's like implied to be well i guess it wouldn't be collectors because it was so long ago yeah, yeah there was an impact the ship went down um the captain died in the crash yeah the captain died is that confirmed because i i didn't really yes. feel like okay it was just like it, yeah because they just say like due to protocol uh what's his name ronald ronald it is ronald um was, was, was like, promoted yeah captain so he became captain as the ship was going down uh and then uh the ship had gone down uh the vi also tells you that when you ask about the beacon says the beacon wasn't functional for 358 wasn't functional until 358 days after the crash but then ronald didn't activate it for another eight years Mm -hmm. uh and it was activated using his id or whatever so it's Mm -hmm. either assumed somebody stole his id or whatever or he just decided you know 10 years is a good enough time uh, mm-hmm. I would like I would like help now. VI also tells you that the flora on this planet uh, affects long term memory. So the more people eat it, the worse their memories get. Mm-hmm. Um, and their is, like c- cognitive functioning is also just impaired. Yes, uh, which it takes a pretty interesting turn pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we we come across uh, this woman who, in my notes, I wrote is talking like oh. she's in a fantasy game. <laughs> oh, so yeah. for, first we go on the ship. And we just find logs. Did you not go on the ship? I don't think I went on the ship. There's okay. So um, no, I didn't know you could go on the ship. Fuck. Yeah, there's a bridge over to the ship. It's fine. It's just a few logs there. It's very. Oh, it's like a very small area too. But I can tell you what is heard. Yeah, I remember thinking I was like, oh, weird that we can't go on the ship. <laughs> yeah, but oops. So there's one log that says something about how the officers are like physically abusing the crew and Mm. the crew like forget immediately and so they're like very like compliant cool there is and we should probably put a content warning on this episode um Mm. because there's like weird sexual assault stuff um Mm -hmm. so there is a creepy message from someone who's just called a survivor about a female colleague who always rejected his advances and he says but now she's so innocent they all are it's sure easier now god ew there is a log that reveals that ronald taylor didn't have the same respect level of respect that the original captain did and so it's like morale wasn't great among the crew about the fact that he was the one in charge and then finally there is a log from like the ship doctor who's like trying to remember details of her life and forgetting holy shit yeah this shit is this is it's yeah there's it's icky it's really icky even even without the even missing those those logs it's still obviously extremely icky yeah damn I wish I got that stuff. So then you you move on and you run into a woman who, in my notes, I said uh, she's talking like she's in a fantasy game. <laughs> um, <laughs> she describes uh, the the like you know ship that we come down in as our star, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we ascended from descended from space, uh, and explains like, oh, you must have come. He sent a signal, or he said he was going to send a signal, but nobody came, and then we saw your star, and blah blah blah, mm-hmm. uh, and then talks about uh, the hunters. And how they are uh, dangerous and want to 
kill him and whatever yeah uh, and so and they then, will not they think we're helping him so they're gonna be hostile to us yes and as she's saying that the hunters do in fact show up uh and i paragon saved this lady's life me too uh, quick time event and the hunter that like shot at her calls him who presumably is ronald jacob's father the liar or whatever mm-hmm. uh so then you fight and then she's like, thanks for killing. <laughs> you go up and you uh, find some like uh, deactivated Loki mechs that are just like on the ground there. And then you come across a settlement of only women, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. And then they basically through talking to a few of them, you're just explained that basically actually I think this might be the doctor. Is it is the doctor. The doctor. It is the doctor. Yeah, okay. it's the same. It's the same voice, which is like how you're supposed to. Interesting. No, it's her. Yeah. Um, she basically is like, I, you know, we have basically been being forced to eat these toxic plants that are making us forget stuff. I don't want to forget anymore. Blah, blah, blah. All that stuff. It's very gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then explains that <laughs> Ronald and the other officers hold up uh, and kept all the food for themselves and made everybody else. Yeah. All the food from the, the ship floor, for the food from the ship. Right. Yeah. She like gives you this, this data pad. That's apparently yes. the quote crew log book. Oh, that's right. Cause she's like, I don't remember how to work. This. Yeah. She's like, I yeah. don't know. Like, I know that there's information on here. I don't remember how to use it or how to mm. like read it, but I, yeah. I, this will help you. So yeah, Ronald and the other officers were like, we're going to keep, eating the non-toxic food and everyone else will eat the toxic food and the idea was that like this was just like a tough decision that was made in at the time so that like however long it took to repair the beacon because i think it's implied that just like the beacon was just like broken damaged yeah Yeah. and it took them a year to fix it and they were like well somebody needs to be doing that work so we can't all you know like run through the like non-toxic food and then right. like who knows how long that's going to take so yeah. so it's like everyone else just had to like eat the toxic food and hope a that they would eventually get treatment and b that that would work <laughs> so there was a mutiny which led the officers to like turn the mechs on the mutinying crew within a year all of the male crew members were flagged as exiled or dead yeah, this is a fun part <laughs> <laughs> they separated them from the women, which like it's speculated that maybe that was done because like the food maybe like impacts people of different genders differently. And mm-hmm. so the men maybe got aggressive. We don't know, mm-hmm. whatever. And they say the women were assigned to the officers like pets. Ew. Rancid. Rancid. And then the beacon was fixed after mm-hmm. about a year. And then suddenly all of the other officers are dead aside from Ronald uh they were killed about a month after the beacon was repaired yeah that's fun so then we have to blow up a pathway to get to the next area of the island which was strange um and as you're running up this pathway we get a like a comms message from ronald supposedly Mm -hmm. uh that says he's like thank goodness you've arrived i've just been freed blah 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 and jacob is like this is absolutely like this dude's just fucking just lying covering his ass absolutely there's no way any of this is true blah blah blah. and then you know you do a little more shooting of some mechs and stuff and Mm -hmm. then uh you find ronald 
just on like a beachside <laughs> uh, cabana or something, just like <laughs> hanging out. Um, and he's like, hi. And I, oh, I just I wanted to note here because when the people see Jacob, they're like, oh, the, oh, the, yeah. the, the women in the in the village, they're like, or whatever commune, I don't know, are like, oh, we can't trust you because you have his face. And last time we saw him, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then when we find this man, their faces are like pretty different there's like yeah, almost no know. resemblance here yeah um it's Supposed just very funny aged up jacob i don't know and for a moment when when you start talking i didn't think ronald remembered who jacob was oh yeah he doesn't like address him at all yeah um, he well it's like shepherd walks up and i guess shepherd is like clearly the yeah. officer in charge and so yeah. he's only addressing shepherd and Jacob like is a little bit sassy to him at some point like I forget what it is that he says but he says something like kind of talking back and Ronald's like you let your you know subordinates talk this way and it's like Jesus Christ like that's mm-hmm. that that's the vibe of this guy is like he's he doesn't realize Jacob is there mm-hmm. because he's just not he doesn't even like register anyone but Shepard because Shepard seems to be the person in charge yeah which is like I guess sort of indicative of of his mindset yeah I found it so interesting that they just like straight up made this guy a villain like mm-hmm. they didn't even try to make it like kind of like gray he's like mm-hmm. no this was like like i'm just a bad person who made yeah, no, bad decisions just, for my yeah. own personal gain i just wanted a harem yeah yeah um <sighs> yeah we can talk more about that because i have a lot of thoughts about that but sure so yeah he's like oh the toxic food drove the crew wild and they they like propped me up as their leader like it was some sort of ritual behavior and this is yeah, the yeah. first chance i had to signal and we're like we know that you're full of shit um and yeah. <laughs> Shepard's like, oh, I'm Shepard, and I believe you're acquainted with Mr. Taylor. Yeah. Um, and that's when Ronald realizes his son is there and mm-hmm. the jig is up. He says, The realities of command change you. Mm-hmm. And Jacob's like, Why did you do this? Like, this is more than just the realities of command. Mm-hmm. He was like, Well, there was a mutiny, we had to take a hard line. You know, at at first we like made sure that the crew were comfortable as like their minds began to decay. And, um, and then they demanded was, that I establish dominance, like they, mm-hmm. they needed a leader or whatever. Ugh. It's like, great, cool. Yeah. Um, he said, as time went on, the food made them territorial. We had to establish dominance. After a while, the perks seemed normal. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. And then, yeah, he says the reason why he didn't signal until now is because once the beacon was ready, it was like he didn't want to reveal what had happened. Yeah. So he just let it happen for another decade. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, Um, I think it's pretty interesting. Like he has he has that whole lot. You know, he has that whole that whole thing that you were just saying. Um, just like, oh, it, it, you know, this is kind of how it had to be and blah, blah, blah. And then like uh, farther into the conversation, he just fully calls them droolers. Mm-hmm. Like he calls the people droolers. It's like, yes. oh, you don't respect these people at all. It's like yeah. you are just fully just a bad person who is. Yeah, like, you have just fully lost sight of their humanity. Yeah. And and in reference to them becoming like territorial and the men becoming, you know, quote unquote hunters, Jacob uh, says, you treat them like animals, big shock, they become animals, which is just like, yeah, like <laughs> you treat them like people, even if they're 
like forgetting things like yeah, there's not even like uh, uh, uh there is no logic in the way that ronald has like created this this thing besides mm-hmm. like i just want to be in charge yeah uh and like i am a i'm a bad person so it's just like i, I just found that so interesting because that's not a thing that this game does a lot mm-hmm. um of like just making a person bad yeah like, there's usually like oh well i can kind of see you know xyz reason like mm-hmm. but this is just like no i'm just a bad person yeah and, the like, the only like moral complication we get here is the initial decision to have some people right not eat the toxic food and some people right. do it like that is the one thing where it's like oh okay you could like see the arguments for why like you know some would have to like potentially sacrifice themselves so like everybody could get off whatever right but then but, it takes a, ba- a bad person to mm-hmm. like take advantage of that and it's like and there's <laughs> like, no, oh, no this is actually good for me so like as you're going through this jacob is like i can't believe my dad would do this mm-hmm. and like i feel like they're trying to do this theme of like see how absolute power can corrupt but it's like yeah. no like no that's that's yeah, not absolute super... power corrupting it's just like a bad person right who got put in charge um and i f- there is I, I feel like i alluded to this a long long time ago about okay. Jacob, but there is something uncomfy to me about the idea that like the only black squad mate and like mm. one of the fl- few even black characters in the game among humans um like his backstory is like an absentee father mm. thing and and it involves like this like violence towards women and it just feels like it's playing into some very uncomfortable racial stereotypes sure even even if that is not in the forefront or like I assume was not what was intended, but it's like, this is, I just feel like this isn't it. Your biases are showing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't never landed for me. And maybe you're right. Maybe it's just because like the idea is just like, yeah, sometimes dads suck. Like, I don't know. You know, I don't (laughs) know like what what even is the message of this whole thing. Like, which is a little, always a little bit like (laughs) my feelings towards kind of all of the like missions we played today maybe not mm. all of them samara's one feels a little bit more like uh d- deep to me but i sure. i feel that way about jacks too which we can talk about when we mm. get there so yeah just it, i just don't it's not really clear to me like what the writers want you to walk away from this mission sort of feeling or thinking or even what it's supposed to do for like jacob's character growth because the subsequent conversations he's kind of just like yep i'm burying it like i am i'm yeah like fully just not resolving my feelings about that i'm just putting them in a little bottle yeah it seems like they kind of just want you to like feel bad for jacob but then like like you said he doesn't even do any like reckoning with it in mm-hmm. the, the next couple conversations you have with him like you literally like do a bro hug in the 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 second conversation after this mission like you do like the hand clasp like pat on back thing is like we're mm-hmm. hanging out we're gonna go get drunk on the citadel it's like yeah. what happened like where yeah like, it doesn't I mean, add I guess to he, his depth as a character at all yeah i, I like, guess part of it like it it seemed like he was having more trouble with it before we did this mission like the stuff leading Mm -hmm. up to this mission he talks about his family and how they kind of became kind of estranged from each other and whatever and even going into this mission he's like i don't even really know if i want to find my dad i just want to like if there's a chance like all of the stuff that i had with him in the past like all that's buried now so if i can like find my dad and maybe start a new relationship or whatever great but it's not even like we don't even reference that once this mission mm-hmm. is over like it's it's like that stuff never happened yeah i almost wonder if the point is that like jacob had closure right. and receiving this message 
sort of threw a wrench in that closure. And so like we go to check it out and it turns out like maybe it would have been better if he hadn't known, <laughs> I, you know? Yeah. But then like, what's the, what's, what's the, the point, point of having yeah. it in the video game? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, except maybe to say like sometimes, I don't know, sometimes there isn't closure. I have no idea. That's the thing. It's yeah. like, it's hard to parse. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I think that's like a, like a, a, a fine message of like sometimes you know you don't need to find like final closure or whatever mm-hmm. or whatever you know but like the fact that he just doesn't even bring it up after the fact is just like yeah oh <laughs> okay. i don't know it almost feels to me like like if if that were the theme here i don't know it almost feels like it would have been better if it was like oh we just found this beacon and now we find out like what happened like they're all dead already like whatever right. but like now we just find out what happened to the gurns back or whatever and yeah. jacob's like yeah like that didn't really do anything for me like it's it's <laughs> right. still like i i know what happened now but like it doesn't bring him back or whatever like yeah. that to me would more serve that that theme if that's yeah. what they're going for i don't and, even know and even this like final moment i mean skipping ahead a little bit i had him like get arrested by the alliance or whatever because oh. i wasn't just gonna leave the planet without telling someone because like that's fucked up mm-hmm. um and that's what the alternative felt like to me it was either we leave and don't tell anyone and just let this dude oh. do whatever or we call the alliance and then they come and arrest him and no. save the people oh no that's not Oops. that's not the alternative Oops. so the alternative is that um you start to see the way that this ends is you start to see hunters closing in um mm. on you know taylor's little like hideout because we've destroyed all of the the security mechs who were just like programmed to automatically attack so we had to fight our way through so they're starting to close in and it's like jacob like what do you want to do with your dad you can arrest him um or you can shoot him yeah <laughs> and uh, because jen is jen is like i oh, just shoot him hmm. what jacob does is he hands his dad his gun oh shit and and he's like he's like this gun is half charged like it won't save me from them and jacob goes it's not for them dad holy shit and ronald taylor shoots himself wow damn that's how that ends and then we find out later like alliance ships have like gone to like rescue the people so the people were always going to be rescued it was not going to be like buried yeah in in my head it was like the the options as presented were like send him to the alliance or like let him oh uh, it was let yeah the the middle one is like you know let him you know lay in the the bed that he made is yeah so i thought that was like we're just gonna leave everyone here and he's gonna have to deal with the aftermath (laughs) and i was like that seems fucked up i'm not gonna like not tell people that like there's a whole colony of people here here. well yeah i I guess i narked again sorry Anyway, uh, so what I was leading to with mm-hmm. talking about that bit was the bit after this, uh, when you're back on the Normandy uh, and Jacob is talking to the elusive man mm-hmm. um, and it's like, I can't believe you would send me that, blah, blah, blah. And the elusive man's like, if I sent you that, <laughs> he says, if I sent you that, if I leaked that information, I'd be smiling. I am not smiling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I just thought was funny because I've never seen the elusive man do a facial expression besides the de- the deadpan face that he has all the time. Well, it's um, either deadpan or slurping on a cigarette like it's slurping? the first water he <laughs> holy shit yeah uh so so the elusive man and and shep like comes in at this point and is like mm-hmm. well if you didn't send it who did and then miranda walks in and is like yeah. i did um and then tells jacob like she's like why would you do that and she's like oh, well i thought i would be fulfilling a promise that we made a long time ago and i you know i sent it along to you and i wanted to just leave it up to you to do mm-hmm. whatever you wanted to do with it but the the implication there 
is like the elusive man knew and just didn't tell Jacob. Yeah. And Miranda was like, I'm going to forward this on. And the, yeah. Tim even says something to her like, you know, Miranda, we can talk about like your loose interpretation of security yeah. protocols. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I don't know. Maybe it's sort of just kind of thematic now as we're starting to like find reasons to distrust Tim. But I mm. I don't know. It's an interesting uh, yeah. little tidbit. Yeah. But the whole reason I was bringing this up <laughs> in reference to our our other part of this conversation is like, I don't even know what that adds to this like theme of closure or whatever. But I guess like in a way, Miranda was kind of getting closure with whatever promise she made with Jacob in the past. Mm-hmm. And then when you talk to Jacob about it, he's like, I don't know, I've made a lot of promises and I just forget them all. Um, so yeah, <laughs> whatever promise she thinks she's fulfilling, I guess I should just let her feel good about it because she was right. trying to do a nice thing for me. Um, and like, that's kind of the end of it, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of disappointing. I, yeah, I don't know how much more the implication here mm-hmm. is that Jacob and Miranda used to date oh. and I don't know. Yeah. So I, I think that, that might, it might be that I get a little bit more dialogue here as M Shep, but yeah, he like, as he explains that he, he says something like she requires a better man than I. Oh. So uh, the idea is kind of like, yeah, we dated, but like, I don't, you know, hmm have at shepherd <laughs> sure. um but yeah i just wanted to share that a little bit and then yeah, yeah on the normandy after this if you talk to jacob he's literally just like i'm good now thanks bye yep <laughs> yeah, literally he's like, he's like yeah no it's fine talk about it he does that like if you say like i'm gonna talk more he's like again like i'm i don't want to rush mm-hmm. these conversations it's like what are we doing we just did a whole thing together what's happening yeah uh very strange make sure and you probably are doing this but just in case talk after you've done loyalty missions make sure to keep talking to them yeah you start getting more yes uh yeah. and speaking of that yeah. i did i did a little bit more uh running around on the normandy mm-hmm. after this mission so yeah me too i talked to morden me too. Uh, who tells you that he's made a breakthrough uh, mm-hmm. in the Prothean Collector connection. Um, and he's basically tells you that he's able to kind of chart the like rate at which Reapers uh, modify species. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he, you know, starting from the fall of the Protheans. Uh, and basically they were cloned for several generations until anything that resembled a Prothean culture or whatever was like eradicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then pretty much everything inside them was cybernetically modified uh, yeah. to transmit data to the Reapers. Yeah. And he, uh, he has this line here where he says, uh, Protheans dead. Collectors just final insult must be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you're like, oh, is there a chance that we can like save right. them and bring Prothean culture, like, you know, bring the Protheans back? And he's like, no, that like, they have been completely eradicated. They are now just like shells. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think framing it as the collectors are being the final insult, uh, I think is, is really interesting. He also makes a comment here about like le- how learning this has increased his commitment to the mission. Yeah. Um, cause he's like, now I know like this is, they're irredeemable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. They just need to be destroyed. Yeah. Um, He also has this really interesting um, thought process uh, around culture and Mm -hmm. advancement uh, and Mm -hmm. says that culture demands advancement, but advancement also demands like the the evolution of culture. Right. uh, And says if advancement comes before culture is ready, it's uh, disastrous. Saw it with Krogan, uplifted by Salarians, disastrous. Our fault. 
And then you're like, whoa, hey, interesting. Accountability? So think, yeah. And he's like, and he says like, well, if I was there, like, you know, I wasn't alive mm-hmm. when the Krogan uplifting happened, obviously. But if I was, you know, I would have said something about it, which is kind mm-hmm. of just like, oh, well, if I was around in the time of slavery, I wouldn't have had a slave. <laughs> it's like, Morgan. Oh, God. But, yeah. but I get the sentiment of like, maybe, you know, he, he does think that the things that the Slayerians did were bad. Right. And, you know, also is kind of using that to kind of further justify his uh, work in the genocide page which is interesting Mm -hmm. but uh then he uh talks about uh a bit of his theater past Mm -hmm. uh and talks about how he had been involved in a few gilbert and sullivan shows uh for like the galactic theater or whatever he says they always had me do the patter songs uh and then he uh he sings and it's great yeah the very model of a a scientist scientist. i've studied species turian asari and batarian I'm quite good at genetics as a subset of biology because I am an expert which I know is a tautology. My xenoscience studies range from urban to agrarian. I am the very model of a scientist solarian. And then when he's done singing, if you like don't respond immediately, he just like stands there and he just goes... And just like clears yeah. his throat. It's so funny. Yeah, it's like an awkward moment oh afterwards. Oh my god, yeah. And then you're like, all right, thanks, see ya. Uh, very funny. Yeah, the one thing I wanted to touch on, uh, just going through my notes here, in terms of like the like advancement culture thing, mm. he says something like uplifting the Krogans uh, mm-hmm. before they were quote unquote ready was like giving nuclear weapons to cavemen. Yeah. He says could have evolved alone, worked out aggression, learned to use the tech responsibly. Instead, you know, we came and like disrupted their culture and used them as a blunt instrument against the Rachni. Yeah. And I wrote here, I feel like he's right, but for the wrong reason. <laughs> like mm. the way that he discusses it is still sort of paternalistic and like uh you know the idea that like oh they they just they weren't ready with their primitive nature and it's like mm. that's not great <laughs> like but like at the same time it's like you can see the the idea that like you can't just take someone with no experience you know someone who who has like you know only x amount of experience mm-hmm. with the world and technology and like understanding like the global context right of whatever and like you know just like throw them into space travel and shit yeah but it's like it's not because they're like cavemen who can't possibly like you know comprehend it's like it has to do with how you introduce them you know like mm-hmm. the, what like he said they use them as a blunt instrument against the rachni like yeah yeah, that's <laughs> like uh, you can imagine how like there could be a way to do this. Like you shouldn't have done it, mm-hmm. first of all. But like I just I don't uh, th- there's still something that feels a little uncomfy to me in the idea mm-hmm. that like they just weren't ready. It's like but you also didn't do anything to prepare them, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I also think it's like like his his phrasing of like use them as a blunt instrument is just saying how mm-hmm. like, you know he wasn't alive then or whatever, but like that was how the Salarians at the time Mm -hmm. were viewing the Krogan. Like they were just a weapon. They weren't a society or a culture or whatever. They were purely Mm -hmm. a weapon to, you know, uh, pull a trigger on a gun. And, and I do think your, your, your read of like, you know, he describes them as caveman, cavemen, which I think is interesting because you can interpret it two ways of like cavemen, dumb, whatever, or cavemen only know how to make fire. And like, Mm -hmm. if you present fire times one trillion they're not gonna know what to do with it yeah but the thing the thing that i makes me feel like it's 
the former yeah. is the phrase worked out aggression. He says yeah. they could have worked out their aggression. It's like, no, you're not getting it. Like that is just their culture. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not like, oh, this is like they're they're early in their development and so eventually they'll be you know they just need time to cook it's like no this right. is just their culture yeah it's <laughs> like, implying there's something inherently bad about right. having kind of a uh militaristic militaristic thank you yeah uh society yeah which just isn't true which is i mean like you can make the arguments but it's not the way that the rest of the galaxy conceptualizes the krogan is is again i think the word is like paternalistic mm-hmm Anyway. Yeah. So that was all I did on the more, uh, the Normandy this round. Did you talk to anybody else this time? Yeah. So I talked to Miranda. So I, the last time I spoke, I got, spoke with her. I got that like really short yeah. conversation. This time I get a longer one that, that oh, okay. actually tracks like the conversation that you had with her last week. Okay. Cause I think I went to go talk to Miranda and mm-hmm. she was like, no, I'm doing whatever. Like she just gave me her like, okay. Yeah. So maybe you like had you like got ahead of me in terms of like how many conversations you had had with her. Oh, maybe. Or I was just thinking it was like an M Shep F Shep thing. Um, it could be maybe. because this conversation is a lot more romantically flavored. Mm, OK, but uh, so just to touch on the highlights, she mentions, you know, when she's talking about like Cerberus and, um, you know, how much she likes it she says something like too many people join us out of simple xenophobia we need more people here for the right reasons which is just nasty um maybe if you didn't start your fucking uh (laughs) collection of people by sending out a xenophobic fucking newsletter they wouldn't yeah you wouldn't attract xenophobes like or maybe if you didn't like you know terrorize the quarians or whatever <laughs> you you can also be like so like what about jack was that what happened to jack was that good like you know and she was like well that was a mistake and we corrected it once we discovered the extent of those experiments i'm like all right whatever so this is where it starts to get, to get a little more romantic um when she's talking about you know how she likens it to stg where if you know she can just kind of get the resources to do whatever project she wants um she says they've given you even more a new life new ship the elusive man's personal attention and Jin responds the best thing he did was put you on my squad (laughs) Um, and so there's uh this then leads into the conversation about like all of her genetic enhancements and how you know she feels like all the credit for that goes to her father she's just responsible for her mistakes she mentions you know my mind my body etc it's all my father's doing um and i so i start like selecting the romantic lines because mm-hmm. that's what i'm trying to do in this run through and they're so cringy again <laughs> oh no Jin goes i can't admire your body or your mind um you give your father too much credit you can be proud of what you've done she says thank you and she goes perhaps i wouldn't mind if you admired my body and then they just keep flirting and i don't even want to like talk about it like i can't even read the details because it, it icks me out so much oh my it's God. so cringy wow she's like you wouldn't huh like it's just awful but like she pulls away at some point she's like i want to slow down like i'm interested but like uh, cautious she says and the conversation ends with her being like i should work and think i'll uh talk to you later oh my god uh, and she like runs away so <laughs> which is just like it's the first like real moment of vulnerability that i think i have seen from miranda so i kind of liked it and then finally i also talked to grunt he said he's making a list of enemies based on the imprints in the pod but he's excited to kill the collectors too he says yeah, i, I won't disrespect yeah. their strength by doing less than the worst to them oh my god 
really good. Uh, I got that conversation the next time around. I think I only mm-hmm. talked to Jacob and Mar- or Morden and Miranda after this mm-hmm. because then I went to go do Samara's loyalty mission. Woohoo! Now we are moving on to uh, Omega and Samara's loyalty mission, uh, the Ardot Yakshi. I just took note again, the landing scene for Omega is just mm-hmm. so fucking cool. It's really cool. And it's like a full like 20, 20 seconds. It's weirdly long. <laughs> it's weirdly long, but I think it works out the first time because it's like the first time you're mm-hmm. landing on a place, but then it just happens again. It's yeah, like, oh, it's this like, is, is still this cool, again? but like, what are we doing? <laughs> um, so uh, you arrive and obviously your first thing is to go talk to Arya. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, <laughs> yeah Edie as you're landing she's like I can't track where an Arda Yakshi would be because the daily death count in Omega is so high yeah. generally yeah. so you should go talk to Arya <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so you go talk to Arya and I do just really quick um did you do the little side mission here the the thing where her guards are like Arya has work for you mm-hmm. I did not do it this time but I oh, okay. have done it in the past okay I just want to talk through it really quick because I just yeah. think it's kind of fun so yeah like kim said there's a guard outside of Arya's thing that's just like hey she has work for you uh there's a krogan named patriarch who is uh you come to learn that he's basically like a trophy of hers mm-hmm. um and it's like he's being targeted by the blood pack so if you could like tell him to go hide or like save you know save him Protect from the mercenaries uh Arya would appreciate it and you're like uh sure okay uh so you go down to the lower part of the afterlife bar uh, and Patriarch is there just talking to two people about like his history of like, I used to kick ass and whatever. Um, and you're like, hi, is your name Patriarch? He's like, well, not really, but yes, that's what people call me. Uh, it's like a weird term of endearment slash like insult name mm-hmm. that, uh, Arya gave him because it's like a male version of Matriarch, Patriarch. Yeah. Um, and basically he tells you like, I used to run Omega and then Arya showed up. <laughs> And like kicked my ass and killed all my men. And then instead of killing me, she kept me around, gave me this pet name. And now I just basically live comfortably as like a trophy of like how badass Arya is pretty much. (laughs) Um, And then you basically tell him that uh, the blood pack is coming after him, trying to kill him. And he's like, oh, interesting. If I were to die and it's it's really interesting or I think it's really funny how fast he like clocks exactly why Ari wants you to save him because mm-hmm. um, he's like, oh, if I die, that's like a blow to her reputation reputation because like, yeah. you know, whatever, um, which is just funny. And so then he's like, well, what do you think I should do? Like, should I should I go hide or whatever? And I chose the renegade option. It was like, you're a Krogan. You should like do Krogan shit, like go mm-hmm. kick their asses uh, uh, and, and fight for yourself. And he's like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> And then he runs out and that's the last you see of him. Uh, and so then you go to talk to the guard and the guard is like, Arya would like to talk to you about what happened to Patriarch. And you're like, okay. And then you go talk to Arya and she's like, hey, um, Patriarch like ran into the blood pack base, killed a bunch of guys and then got himself killed. Would you know anything about that? Um, Shepard's like, uh, Gourney's like, well, you know, he's a Krogan and you had him living like you know, just like a little pet or whatever. And I, you know, mm-hmm. that's not how Krogan should live or whatever. I don't know. And and she's like, yeah, I guess you're right. 
you know, I, I over the years, because, you know, Krogan and Nasari live forever. So he's like, over the years, they basically became like pals, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arya was like, you know, I'll be sad to see him go. But I think you're right. Like he, you know, deserved to go out in like a blaze of glory or whatever, because that was like kind of his whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> I loved yeah. it. It was great. <laughs> it's just very fun. So back to the loyalty mission. You go to talk to Arya about where we might find Morden. No, not Morden. What's her name? Morinth. Morinth. <laughs> you might go to find Morinth. And uh, she says, like, I don't really know where she is. Well, actually, you tell her that, like, there's an Yakshi in your mist. And she's like, ah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing kills, nothing, like, leaves a corpse like an Ardok Yakshi does or something. Like, leaves yeah. him quite as empty or something. It's like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Um, so she tells you about a woman who was killed uh, down by the apartments uh, in, in Omega. And she was, like, basically just a husk. So she's like, maybe go check out down there. I don't really know. So you head down and then you go into the one open apartment and you find a woman (laughs) named Diana whose daughter Neff had died a week ago and the doctors are all saying it was a brain aneurysm. And she's like, there's no way that it was a brain aneurysm. Uh, So you, you know, ask questions about like her friends and her, you know, Neff's friends and Neff's just like life of like what she did. And uh, Mm -hmm. she tells you that Neff was a sculpture, a sculptor. Oh, my God. She, she tells you that Neff was a sculptor. Uh, she tells you that Neff was a sculptor and that she, a little over a few weeks ago, had started hanging out with mm-hmm. Morinth uh, and they had been going to the VIP area of Afterlife. Uh, yeah. And she's like, oh, okay, well, I think we can take care of Morinth, you know, give you some peace of mind or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, you can search Neff's room. And you go to Neff's room, which is just like a closet with a bed in it. <laughs> and there is like a little sculpture there that you can look at and whatever. And you can talk to Samara and Samara's like, Morinth likes like artsy types. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of what she's into. So it totally tracks that uh, yeah. Neff was a sculptor. And part of what you're doing, although I the game doesn't signal this no. <laughs> early on, but the more that you sort of interact with and investigate, the more you learn about like how to lure Morinth. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that sculpture that you look at, it's like you find out like who the artist was and later you can bring that up in a mm-hmm. conversation with Morinth and it will like help you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's uh, this is a very mechanically interesting yeah. loyalty mission. There is no combat. Um, it's just sort of dialogue and like yeah. a little bit of like sleuthing, whatever. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool. I I really yeah. like the the like switch up of formats. I feel um, like it's um it's I feel like we kind of did it a disservice by doing Kasumi's first. Yeah, that's because Kasumi's is extremely like dialogue and like search Mm -hmm. for things heavy, which was really, really awesome. It didn't even clock to me that there was no combat in this mission. Yeah, because it was just over so fast. Yeah. Kasumi's mission, though, I will say is like, I think a little more straightforward than Mm -hmm. this in that, like, she's just sort of instructs you on how to do everything. Yeah. Whereas with this, it's like very much up to player memory yeah. of, you know, how much attention were you paying <laughs> to the well, things that you learned yeah. and the things that like Samara tells you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, do, do you remember to like select those options when you get there? Yeah. And but also the game does like flag to you like with like 10,000 flags right yeah. before you go into the VIP area. Samara's like, hey, do you remember what kind of art she liked? Do you remember like, what kind of, <laughs> you know, whatever? Um, just to like give you the, you know, the, the final notes to make sure. But mm-hmm. basically, Shepard and Samara come up with the plan to use Shepard as bait mm-hmm. uh, because... <laughs> 
quote, you're an artist on the battlefield, says Samara to Shepard. Like, Jesus Christ. But then you come to find out that, like, Morinth is, like, into soldier types and also yeah. artists and, like, loves to fight and violence and, like, likes to watch porn <laughs> and stuff, mm-hmm. which is fun. The I, I don't know if it's the same for F. Shep, but for M. Shep, there's a lot of dialogue here where you can be like, oh, it's, you know, she sounds cool or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but Chef's like, oh, this will be no problem because like I don't want to sleep with her. And Samara's like, you don't get it. She's like the baddest baddie. <laughs> like she will make you want her, and yeah. you'll be in such great danger or yeah. whatever. And Chef's <laughs> like, sounds like my kind of gal. It's just uh, <laughs> it's very silly. Yeah, there were definitely renegade options that were like, she sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not gonna do that one. I um, did those. Yeah, well, of course you did. <laughs> Uh, Jin's a garbage man. Um, so, <laughs> garbage man. So in Neff's room, you find like, oh, I used my friend's name to get into the VIP area. So then you can talk to the bouncer mm-hmm. at the VIP area. It's like, I know what's it, whatever. And she's like, oh, OK, cool. You can come in. So then you go inside. <laughs> I just realized I made such a grave mistake with Jin. He just <sighs> should have been a chud from the beginning she just should have been i just should have channeled like every shitty dude who played these games in 2007 yes Yes. that's what i should have done we gotta start over (laughs) we gotta start the whole thing over all right let's go here we go um judge shepherd judge shepherd uh so you <laughs> that sounds like something that like chase or david would name their shepherd on video game potomism uh, maybe maybe they did and i'm like uh remembering it deep in my psyche <laughs> it's pretty close to chut buttby um it is close to chut buttby anyway this is very we've we've now niched our content even more um yeah. <laughs> listen to video game potomism and you'd get these jokes exactly. uh so you head to the afterlife vip zone and immediately inside there's a guy there who's like i just met the coolest chick and she (laughs) wants to go to this see the sick band i gotta get tickets and i'm like okay cool this is another which i don't know i think is is fun because you know the game just had samara drop all of these more Mm -hmm. facts at you and then you walk into the the zone and they immediately throw in somebody else giving you kind of a a a vague piece of information it's Mm -hmm. it's extremely specific but it's not like hi i'm telling you something about morinth it's like i met this cool chick who likes music right yeah well and the things that more that uh samara tells you too it's like you're going into this bar and to lure her like you kind of have to get her to come to you and so the way that you do that it's like she was like well you know like she would like someone you know she likes violence but like not she wouldn't like it if you like picked a fight like but if you you know if you like if someone picked a fight with you and you ended it, that would probably work pretty well. Yeah. Um, she, you know, someone who like navigates a bar pretty well, like shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like you, yeah. <laughs> so you, you have like all of these opportunities to like either, uh, show how cool you are and how Morinth should definitely be into you, or you can just totally blow it. Right. Which in previous playthroughs I have absolutely done. Really? Not, not like irreversibly, but there were definitely like, I don't know, like I forget which, which interactions. I think it's like, there's a guy who like you can pick a fight with. And yeah. I think I like sort of messed that up and like picked mm. the fight with him instead of letting him pick the fight with me or whatever. Interesting. So, yeah. Did, did you also do the thing um, with the I think it was the journalist who's like stuck in a conversation with a dangerous guy? No. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, let me try and remember the details because I didn't take too many notes sure. on this. I don't even know if this is actually related to the Morinth mission, but okay. um, there's this guy who's like, hey, I need your help. So my friend is like a journalist doing a story on all these dangerous gangs. And she's like with one of them right now. But I found out that they like found her out and are like coming to like get her or whatever. So like, you know, we need to get her out of this conversation so she can run without like arousing suspicion. And so we had a code, which is you have to say the word terminal and the word eternity in that order. And she'll get the message that like she needs to get out of there. And it's like, well, like I can't do it because the guy would recognize me or whatever. But like, can you go do this? So you go and have this this conversation you have to like strike up a conversation with this guy and this woman like sitting at the bar or whatever and you have to make sure to say terminal and eternity in that order mm. and she like gets the message and is like oh i'm gonna go to the bathroom and then she leaves <laughs> and then it's like you're done or whatever yeah and then also i bought a round for the bar what yeah you can buy a round for the oh entire bar oh my god all i did was <laughs> dance and and get that guy to fight me and then she approached me i like didn't wow have to do else. interesting yeah so then terminal eternity was probably not related to more that was just a thing that i did that's fun, I, I did the fight with the turian who was har- harassing the dancer mm-hmm. um and i bought around for the bar and that was enough to get her to talk to me there you go interesting uh so yeah she approaches you and is like hi she's like i saw you cross the bar and i really like your, I vibe. Love your vibe yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she just like they just took samara's whole head and put it on a basically mm-hmm. same body uh in a different outfit yeah um and she has a different voice though which you know yes yeah people, as people do so you basically just have to like go through and get all the prompts correct of like mm-hmm you know, what kind of art do you like? I like violent art, but yeah. <laughs> I, I would never pick a fight with someone. I like this exact <laughs> musician who you were trying to get a guy to buy you yeah. tickets for. And she's like, yes, it really gets in my brain. I like this drug that yeah. you, that was mentioned in the diary of the, yeah, yeah the girl or she whatever. She loves Halix. Yeah. yeah. Basically, uh, you talk about all of her interests and it works just like in Fire Emblem. <laughs> I believe you mean just like in real life, Kim, if you pay attention to a person's interests and also real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> if time. you just name drop things that the person likes right. enough times, they're <laughs> like, this is my friend now. Yeah. If you approach me in a conversation and say Legos, I'll be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so then, tip for you. <laughs> yeah. So then you leave together and you go back to her place and you are in her place and mm-hmm. you can walk around and look at stuff. And she's like, oh, this giant life size statue of a Krogan is just another <laughs> gift from a suitor. <laughs> what the fuck? OK. <laughs> and then you can like go to take the drugs. And she's like, wouldn't you rather be clear for like, what about what, uh, whatever? Uh, mm-hmm. And then you can sit down on the couch and kind of start flirting and like yeah this is where i wrote of course morinth likes this guy he has glowing red eyes and scars yeah so then uh you know you kind of talk and she's like gets a little suspicious i don't know if that is what happens or if that is just what i did she got a little suspicious of of shepherd yeah oh no i she didn't get suspicious of me oh um i think it's possible that so the more i could be wrong Mm. but i seem to remember that the more you walk around her apartment and look at everything you're like killing time sure where you don't have to have a conversation with her where she might get suspicious Mm. but yeah you do chat with her for a little bit and you still have to get all the prompts right and whatever and then she's like at some point she's like great time to hypnotize you (laughs) (laughs) like starts trying to hypnotize you interesting 
You didn't get that? Well, no, I did. But but for me, it was like, what are you hiding? Like, don't you want to oh, tell me everything? And like, oh, be my interesting. partner forever or whatever. Be my boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't that didn't happen for me. She's just like, okay, time to fuck. And like, starts to hypnotize you. And if you have enough Paragon or Renegade points, you mm-hmm. can be like, I am not hypnotizable. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, damn, you must be helping my mom. Yeah. I, did, I had enough Renegade points. I did not have enough Paragon points. <gasps> I had enough Paragon points. I did not have enough Renegade points. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, uh, Samara comes in and, uh, they start having a biotic fight. Um, yeah. and, uh, Samara's like, or Morith calls her mother and Samara's like, don't call me that. You made your choice long ago. And Morith is like, what choice? I was born with the gifts you gave me. <laughs> and she also says, I am the genetic destiny of the Asari. Yeah. They're not ready to reveal this. <laughs> so I must die. Interesting. And Samara says, you are a disease to be purged. Nothing more. <laughs> so they end up deadlocked um with their biotics like harry potter and voldemort with the (laughs) the wands or whatever Mm -hmm. and morinth is like let me join your squad i am just as powerful as her let me join your squad um what did Jin do i killed samara (gasps) well i let her kill samara because i realized i've never done it before yeah okay holy shit so i decided to just see because i you know i've never had morinth on the squad before and That's what this run through is supposed Whoa. to be. So, um, so Jin says Morinth will be more useful to me and like pushes. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> pushes Samara's arm. So she like, you know, loses the deadlock yeah, or whatever. It's the same thing with Morinth. He pushes yeah. her arm. Yeah. She what? goes, you will regret your choice. And then, yeah, Morinth kills, kills Samara. Wow. And she dude. says, my mother was as powerful as she was hateful. Um, and she's like, I'll take Samara's place on the team. I can imitate Samara perfectly. And there's this weird line where it's like, wow, like, is that an Arda Yakshi thing? And she's like, no, I, I just, I have skills that are not just Arda Yakshi <laughs> stuff. And I'm a really good actress. <laughs> I'm a multifaceted person. Yeah. She's a multi hyphenate. <laughs> Fuck. Wow, I'm really yeah. curious how this changes your ship conversations. Yeah, we can talk about it when we get there. I, I'm not going to uh, do this romance for reasons, sure. but um, I will explain why when we uh, talk to her. On the Does Normandy. this romance just end with Shepard being fucking killed? Like, yeah, okay, it has to, right? There's no way it doesn't. Like, <laughs> We'll discuss. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I want to hear what Courtney did first. Yeah, uh, I mean, Courtney did the opposite. Courtney saved Samara, killed Morinth. And yeah, it was, was kind kind of sad. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, I went to go talk to her on the ship after the fact. Yeah. And, you know, she says this whole thing, but uh, ends off by saying, For the first time in 400 years, I am free. I am a ruined vessel of sorrow and regret, but I am free. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is like, man rough yeah like, this is the whole reason she became a justicar uh mm-hmm. and i actually went back to the shadow broker's lair to go over her dossier again because mm-hmm. the conversation that is in her dossier is between her other two daughters yeah uh about how she is going to become a justicar and needs to take the oath of singularity or whatever she needs to she has to cut off all connections mm-hmm. from from family and stuff um and her daughters are very upset about it yeah is there anything else about that conversation because then i can share uh yeah so <laughs> yeah i, I uh, gortney asks about like oh morinth said that she was the future of the asari and 
fucking samaras like yeah that's pretty interesting because artayakshi are sterile so like literally not <laughs> the future of the asari actually um but okay and uh you know she's like well what are you gonna do now that you've like fulfilled your duty or whatever uh and she's like i'm gonna just like after our mission is after this mission is over i'm going to continue hunting artayakshi to see if there are more in the galaxy because like that's kind of just my whole thing now. Like I'm a Justicar. I can't like girl. Yeah. And so Get one, of the, hobby. Options, no, well, one of the options is like, you're not going to retire. And she's like, no, I can't. So yeah, that's, that's her whole thing. She's just going to keep hunting on Yakshi. She is very upset that she had to kill her daughter, but is glad she did it. Uh, mm. And that's, uh, and that's it. So yeah, with Morinth, um, she, she's like wearing <laughs> the Samara disguise. Sure. Uh, but she's not meditating. She's just sort of like lounging oh on one God. of the uh, <sighs> uh, benches in there. Wow. And, you know, you have a conversation with her about like, so you like can't make trouble with my crew. And she's like, don't <laughs> worry, I won't. Yeah. Um, you know, like I am equally vested in like keeping up appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, she says Samara was a terrible mother. Uh, she did her duty with precision, but no love. She taught us to honor the goddess, be good Asari, value self-denial. Mm-hmm. I was a bit of a disappointment. But she says that Samara was was a disappointment, too, as a mother. She Mm. says she was willing to die after a life without pleasure. But you die with or without honor. You're still dead. (laughs) Fuck. Um, Yeah. God. If you ask her about the mission, she's like, the collectors are dangerous. I want them gone. Like, Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm bought in. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She she does say that she gets lonely sometimes because she can never feel the love of another. But like the way that she views her whole deal is uh she says my lovers spent their last moments experiencing pleasure you can't even imagine okay um like she was like neff for example like she died of like sensory overload because, <laughs> okay like, <laughs> basically she's like i fucked them so good that they died yeah i mean that's basically what the art Yakshi <laughs> pitch was they fuck so yeah. good you die like yeah yeah and shepherd's like why fuck. are you telling me all this she's like Something to think about. You're unique. You've lived through the impossible. If anyone could survive, <laughs> now's not the time. Holy shit. Um, but yeah, d- spoiler alert. If you decide to go the Morinth romance route, she comes to your room, you have sex with her, and you die. <laughs> I ju- yeah. And then what? Like, is, like the And then game- like the, the game like the game spits you back out to your, you know the save right before <laughs> oh my god yeah. that's so yeah i don't think fun. it actually like kills your game but um, i wish i wish there was like a cut scene after the fact where like the reapers show up and destroy the galaxy mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah so good the thing is that i that i learned after this was um after last episode i went and like looked up the like could i have done a samara romance because i wasn't even sure if i could mm. it turns out you can but it's like it's not actually a romance in mass effect 2 it's like you're setting up a romance for mass effect 3 interesting like you can lock yourself into like let's see where this goes tomorrow (laughs) but like you don't actually get like that scene here which it would have been interesting to see that but um you know miranda is also a totally new thing for me and i'm like enjoying getting to know her more which Mm. we can talk about more later but Mm -hmm. um yeah this is where I had the grunt conversation as well. Mm. Um, actually, was this the same conversation where he calls you uh, his battle master? Like, is that the same conversation you had or is that different? 
so he does call you Battlemaster okay. in that one, um, but there's like sort of a final conversation that like once you run out of the dialogue options, oh, okay, he will call you Battlemaster. I can say what that is um, shortly because it's cute. But uh, okay. yeah, that's what I that okay. So that was that was the conversation that I had here. But we will yeah. we can do that later. It is cute. I wrote in my notes. It's cute. It's cute. <laughs> yeah, I went to go talk to Jacob. Uh, and mm-hmm. he doesn't address anything that happened in the loyalty mission and is like, I wish people would just be optimistic sometimes because man, is it upsetting to just hear how we're going to die? Mm-hmm. He says, uh, five minutes of, Hey, we'll get through this. Couldn't hurt. Which like, yeah, man, you're right. Yeah. And one of the options you can choose is like, what, you want me to lie to you? It's like, yes, <laughs> like just chill for a yeah. second. I, so I get the option to ask him about the Miranda situation. Chicks. Oh my God. Wow. Um, he's like, it got a little close. Then it got really far apart. The rest isn't your business. <laughs> and Jin's okay. like, well, you know, I'm like interested in her. So like if you had any like input or whatever. Oh my God. Yeah. Can I date your ex? Can I date your ex? And he's like, Christ. I can't help you with that. If I've ever found out what made her tick, I'd either be with her or I'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, uh, you're fine to do that. But like, you're on your fucking own. I'm yeah. Not oh, my God. Getting involved. Yeah. Wow. What a weird it's a weird vibe. Yeah. In the friendship with Jacob as <laughs> M. Shep. If you're going after Miranda, it's not like I don't know. It's not like, hey, bro. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's very funny surprise uh so that was all i did on the normandy this time did you have anything mm-hmm. else that you want to touch on before we head to the next mission yeah so mm-hmm. i so i i did a different order sure. of uh i did jack next so i don't know if this is like sort of out of order but like the second time i was on the normandy the other conversations i had were mm-hmm. um miranda she's kind of like hey like so what is this are we like <laughs> relieving stress and just like blowing off steam and Jin's like no I care about you and I think that you care about me too and she's like she has this like whole crisis where she's like why do we feel this way we don't have time for emotional oh entanglement we're probably not going to come back alive she goes what idiotic bunch of hormones thought now was a great time for love <laughs> <laughs> shit um so then Jin makes a goof about just trying to get her into bed and she calls him an ass and he's like but like let's be let's be real like you you like want to pursue this and she's like I do so don't die promise me (laughs) um Jin says I died once already I don't plan to do it again and she says okay well give me some time when things like calm down and when I'm ready I will come by so basically I have like locked in the Miranda romance from now on when I talk to her she'll be like hey are you still sure about this and I can be like yes I am or no I'm not um so oh interesting okay yeah Hmm. So I can duck out if I want to at some point. Yeah. Interesting. But I don't. I think I'm locked in. Nice. On a similar note, now that you, it sounds like, it sounds like at the end of this, you locked in a romance. Make sure you talk to Morden. Okay. Uh, and in fact, I am not going to tell you about my conversation with Morden here because I want you to experience this for yourself. Very um, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is where I had the the last conversation with Grunt. Uh, you're like, oh, you know, how you doing? Everything okay? And he's like, Battlemaster, I have everything. Clan, kin, and enemies to fight. Oh, my boy. Very sweet. My boy's all grown up. Very sweet. Uh, so yeah. Okay. Then uh, let's move on then to Jack's loyalty mission. Subject zero. Yes. Uh, 
so we approach the planet and it is raining. <laughs> and yeah. Who'd you bring on this mission? Uh, Garrus. Oh, nice. Uh, I brought Miranda so the girlies can argue. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> was there, was there a unique dialogue for them? A little bit. Yeah. I, th- as soon as we landed, I was like, mm, maybe I should have brought Miranda. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, Garrus the- has good dialogue here. He too. does. Yeah. He says some stuff. It's, it's good. So we, we arrive on the planet and, uh, basically it's like completely overgrown and like the only spot that you can land a ship is like the top of the building you need to actually mm-hmm. land at. And Jack is like, yeah. they built it this high because like the vegetation grows so fast that it like will overtake everything in like a matter of like days Um, yeah extremely cool yeah so then you head into the place and the default mode in this game is is guns drawn when you're walking around a lot Mm -hmm. of the time uh and uh for thematic reasons i put my gun gun away and was just walking around this supposedly empty facility Mm -hmm. which really uh uh heighten the drama later when you run into some Varen. But uh, yeah. so as soon as you walk into this facility, Jack is like, I never saw this room. Like this is the room. Mm-hmm. This is like where you come in, but all the kids were brought in in containers. So we never yeah. saw the inside of this room. And Garrus is like, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. There is a log in there too, mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh, the elusive man doesn't know what's going on here, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so this is where we get some, uh, Miranda dialogue she's like sounds like this place went rogue and Jack's like you'd like to think that wouldn't you Jesus. but they didn't say what the the elusive man didn't know <laughs> like yeah, all right bitch Jack is in some pretty heavy like I don't want to call it denial but it seems like pretty heavy denial through this whole thing there is like honestly this is one of my big problems with this mission. And I think it's I like, this is another one where I'm like, I'm not entirely sure what I want, what they want us to take away from this mission. Mm. I do think that like, it's a little bit clearer than Jacob's mission, but I think it is a little bit like confused because a lot of this mission is Jack finding out the things here weren't exactly as she remembers them. Yeah. Which like is an interesting concept, but I don't know why we have to do that in this mission specifically with Mm -hmm. like, this is someone who was like very brutally abused. Yeah. And so like, I don't know why the game feels like it's necessary to be like, hmm, see, it wasn't all the way that you remember. Maybe it wasn't even as bad as you remember. It's like, no, it was really fucking bad, actually. Mm. Like, why do we need to, like, humble her Mm. in these moments? I don't know. It's very strange. I, like, I I can't, like, figure out what the point is. Maybe I'm being, like, obtuse. I kind of read it as, like, these the things that happened to her are objectively terrible, but I think the mission is kind of just trying to, like, abdicate uh, Cerberus from any responsibility. <laughs> oh, um, that's the point? In a way, I think so. Yeah, that's Jesus. that's kind of how, yeah, especially the way that this ends, uh, you know, yeah. af- after this mission, there's there's that thing. Yeah. Um, like, that is the reason for that scene, is, is this, like, well, Cerberus, oh, yeah. this really wasn't technically, like, a Cerberus-sanctioned mm-hmm. o- operation. Yeah. But, I mean, we can talk about more, more yeah. of it as we go but yeah that 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 one specifically yeah it's supposed to be like oh it wasn't really Cerberus it's like yeah it's it's interesting I don't know I think I think if you view Jack as kind of the results of this this thing and like the results of Cerberus being the Mm -hmm. kind of organization that it is it is actually kind of like a a a chastising of Cerberus of like you know what i mean i I, I do i do actually i think it's like it's like 
the idea is like even if this wasn't something that even if like the way that this went down wasn't the intent the the natural consequence of like creating this <laughs> you know this uh organization where like the point is you know advancing human interests at any cost any cost yeah where like you know miranda has talked about how like yeah if i if i like need cerberus resources if i want to try a project i just tell them and they give me the money to do it and like you know it sounds very much like there is kind of a fragmentation where like cerberus is just sort of channeling resources to different right types of research or whatever and not really like monitoring it in a centralized way or regulating it in any way and so the result is like some really terrible shit happens on your dime because like you have this decentralized kind of hands-off approach i don't know right they allowed this stuff to happen whether they like said go or not like it happened because of them i think interestingly this is kind of a mirror of morden's mission um whereas we are like heading through morden's thing and he you know worked on the genophage modification whatever and we like kind of see the results of that um just with the krogan in general but this is kind of flipping it and we are seeing the results of this you know experimentation and stuff in jack and like how these things have affected her even if that wasn't it wasn't cerberus's intent it was obviously this place's intent but it you know whatever so i don't know i think it could kind of be seen as as a mirror of of Mm -hmm. that stuff as well uh does it work super well i don't know So basically, I mean, just to skip ahead a little bit, sure. you find out that the purpose of this place was like it was all propped up around Jack. She was just like a complete prodigy of a biotic. And the idea was like, how do we make her even more powerful? Mm-hmm. And the answer is gaslighting. Yeah, <laughs> well, we can talk about the details, but like uh, we see no evidence that what they did made Jack any better of a biotic yeah all we see is that it just like fucked her up yeah emotionally (laughs) yeah (laughs) going back to the events Mm -hmm. in the mission itself uh we find we come across some varen uh which are basically situated in the kind of the center of this like fighting pit Mm -hmm. kind of thing and courtney's like oh this kind of looks like a fighting pit <laughs> and Jack's like, yes, actually. Uh, it was. It was. The kids would come and they would fight each other. Uh, I loved it. Uh, it was the only time I ever got out of my cell. And you're like, you loved it. And she says, I would get shocked when I hesitated and narcotics filled my veins when I attacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were like conditioning her to want to attack stuff. And she like says mm-hmm. as much. She's like, I still kind of get that same rush when I like kill things, um, which is just like so fucked. Um, and then, uh, we come across another console that says, uh, all the kids have broken out except for Jack, uh, Mm -hmm. and that they, like the guy's asking for permission to terminate, you know, everything. And and the scientist is like, well, you can kill everybody, but, but subject zero is like, don't, don't kill Jack. Cause she is like the whole results of this Mm -hmm. thing. And she's like, no, that's not how it happened. I broke out and they all attacked me and then I got Mm -hmm. free. Um, so it's like, oh, you know, maybe we, not everything is whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh da, da, da. um Gortney was like well maybe stuff happened that you didn't see and she's <laughs> jack's like well everybody attacked me that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for interpretation so right. like you know sure then we find some varen that have been freshly killed and we're like oh this place is supposed to be abandoned so who is mm-hmm. out here killing varen uh and then we find some blood pack and uh when we kill them 
uh garris says uh apparently he noticed this place as a morgue which i did mm-hmm. not think was obvious at all but yeah i didn't clock it either but yeah, um, garris knows stuff i guess <laughs> yeah but he's like you know i if i had to guess this room uh like the sicko who did this was doing this work would like work on these kids until they died and then check his work and jack and jack like is like no that's bullshit i had the worst of it and i made it out alive mm-hmm. um did did Miranda yeah. say anything here? Yeah, so it's slightly different. Um, yeah. which is it's it's interesting. So with Miranda and Jack, Jack is the one who's like, "Why is there a morgue here? Like, this uh. was a small facility. There wasn't like there shouldn't have been a need for a morgue." Mm. And Miranda's like, "Because a lot of children died here. Like mm. all those other kids died here." And and then we get the same line where it's like, "Bullshit! I had the worst of it, and I made it out alive." Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how that goes down. Yep. Uh, then we go into another room and we find a two way mirror uh, that looks into Jack's cell. Uh, and so basically it's it's two way as in to everybody in the room that you're currently in. It's it just like a, mirror. a mirror. And then from Jack's cell, it is like a window. She could see out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which I was confused about at first. I was like, how is this a mm-hmm. useful two way mirror? Um, yeah. But when you get to her room, you can you can look at it. But she she says here, uh, I screamed at the other kids for hours and they always ignored me. Yeah. Um, which is just like, what is the point of that? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like what what we're building to, I guess, is the idea that like like jack just didn't know that like she is not the only person who suffered here i guess like she viewed the other children as villains enemies yeah yeah and like they they weren't essentially what why don't we get there okay (laughs) um so then wanting to talk about it then i'm like well we're about to talk about this thing so so then we head into another room that has a weird kind of like torture dentist chairs um mm-hmm. with the restraints on them yes with the restraints and stuff um so you come across some more security records uh and basically the scientist on there talks about pergnim uh which i don't think we ever get any more <laughs> elaboration on that's just the name it's of, like a drug yeah it was just like what they were experimenting on the kids with uh and then basically is like we're doing this to the other kids so that jack doesn't die when we would i be perked him (laughs) am i perked no that's good yeah okay (laughs) my pregonate um (laughs) so yeah they were experimenting on the other kids so that when they did it to jack she would not die because another shadow broker dossier thing you can find a, a conversation between a doctor who presumably is this scientist and jack's mom uh, who is like, oh, I'm sorry, your daughter died or whatever. And the mom's like, oh, my God. And he's like, yeah, can we take her to make sure that this doesn't happen to other families? And the mom's like, yeah, I guess so. And then she leaves and the guy gets on the radio and is like, I've never seen such high biotic potential. We have to blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So she's just like was raised in this facility because she had high biotic potential. And so that's the whole object of these experiments um Mm -hmm. there is another uh final security thing that you find where the kids have broken out they are you know fighting and killing or whatever and the guy's like yeah well i guess this is a bust uh i guess we just have to send we have to we have to like clean up and trash it trash it and then contact the alliance ascension program which jack is like what the fuck is the ascension program and shep is like oh that's like they weren't torturing kids but they were just making biotic children mm-hmm. which is how Caden got his powers right no he went thing. to yeah so he was he was an accidental exposure yes. to Izo that gave him his biotic yeah. powers and then he went to uh what was it? bat is that what it was called i don't remember i just remember biotic it was the Turian. something training yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, and, yeah, that, yeah. and that was at uh the jump zero station so i think it's a different okay the the ascension program is different yeah 
Uh, so yeah. you tell Jack that. And then she says, a lot of this isn't the way that I remember it. Yeah. She she also says um, uh, one of the like one of the things, one of the logs, she goes, this is bullshit. They weren't experimenting on the other children for my safety. Yeah. I survived this place because I was tougher than the rest. And it's yeah. like, no. <laughs> uh, so then you head into the second to last room and you fight more blood pack. But beforehand, you get like a little scene with like the leader and it's like, hey, they're here. If you want us to kill them, then you're going to have to pay us more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he you know, name drops a rash. It's like, okay. Uh, and so then you fight a bunch of them. One of them is, you know, a commander. So he's kind of harder and then they're mm-hmm. all dead and you are done. Uh, yep. <laughs> so then you head finally into Jack's old cell and you find a who is just a guy who was also a child who was mm-hmm. the results of the experiments here, uh, uh in Telton, the, the Telton facility or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has chipped front teeth, which I love. Oh, I didn't notice. I think that that detail is great. Yeah, his his, you can see like his two front teeth kind of like oh my god ramp into the middle, which is just an interesting touch. I don't know. It's just like visually interesting. I wonder if the implication is that like in a fight with Jack, he like (laughs) got hurt and lost his you know chipped his teeth or something. So you're like, hey, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh well, I'm have been here for uh, about a year and I'm trying to Mm -hmm. restart the facility. And Jack's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, and he says uh, that Jack was the question and I'm still looking for the answer. Uh, and basically the whole thing is like, he's just like, well, they were doing these terrible experiments, so there must have been a reason for it. Um, yeah. And it's like, yeah, man, Jack is right there. Like, that's the reason for it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, um, it seems like it feels like this this whole facility is like if the whole renegade philosophy is the ends justify the means mm. it's like this was a lot of means with no no like satisfying end like it didn't produce anything and so this this guy's way of coping i guess is to like try to make it worthwhile yeah quote unquote yeah and so he says something almost exactly of like there must have been a good reason they would do this stuff to kids and jack mm-hmm. is like there is no reason good enough <laughs> Uh, to restart this facility like there's this place should turn to dust and you know you can kind of like ask more questions of him and but eventually you're like well uh we can blow this place up but that still leaves arash jack Mm -hmm. what do you want to do with him and she like throws him to the ground and is about to execute him and i actually spent a while on this screen because i'm like Mm-hmm. my my motive for the last few loyalty missions has been to just yeah. like let them do whatever they need to do for closure but like this is kind of disconnected from the thing that she needs for closure exactly um, and so i th- i chose i had enough uh paragon to yeah. just do the paragon of like killing him isn't going to change anything so why like just let him go i did not sure have the paragon points so oh. i i had to take the renegade option and be like, all right, kill him. <laughs> uh, so she's like, is this right? Well, killing him fix my head. And just Shep goes, you're a killer, Jack. It's what you do. Jesus Christ. Which is just, yeah, it's just fully undoing any actual like character growth she could have yeah, here. Fuck, man. Because like, if the question is like, what the hell do they want us to take away from this mission? I like sat down and thought about it for a while and took notes on it. And like <laughs> the best, the best thing I could come up with is like it, the key is like her, her repeatedly saying like the, I got out of here because I was tougher than everybody mm-hmm. else. And I guess maybe the idea is her learning like, that's like, that's just not true. So like, maybe you don't have to be tougher than everybody to survive. Mm. Like maybe you don't have to have all these walls up. Maybe you like, maybe there is another way of living. And like, you know, if you think about it in terms of like cycles of violence, like a is 
like, yeah. well, to get to figure out what this was, like, I have to keep perpetuating that cycle of violence. And that's what like Jack has been doing that essentially yeah. in her yeah. own way for her entire life. And maybe this is her opportunity for the first time to be like, no, maybe I won't. Um, but not in Jin's timeline. <laughs> Christ, man. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think that's a great reading of it. Um, And that's. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, yeah. I th- that that was also kind of the conclusion I came to of like we have to yeah. end this cycle of like violence for mm-hmm. the sake of violence kind of because like as she has or as we have realized going through this facility there was like there was no reason for any of it really. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 reasons that she right. thinks that she has to be this like villain that kills people and stuff like don't exist. Like the the mm-hmm. She was just the victim of this like terrible situation, but she wasn't the only victim of it, Um, Mm -hmm. which which you said earlier. It's interesting that you feel like this mission has to like humble her, which I agree. It's interesting for the. Yeah, it's it's like on the one hand, I understand the point of like kind of having to deconstruct her memory of it so that she can like like think of it in a new way Mm -hmm. but i just i like it's just weird (laughs) it feels weird the way that it's presented throughout where it's like well maybe you weren't the victim actually (laughs) it's like no she was yeah she just there were just more than one victim (laughs) yeah yeah i think i think um you know if you're being charitable or whatever uh i think looking at it through the lens of like when she blows this up at the end she's not blowing it up to get rid of all of the bad people in her past she's blowing it up to get rid of the people who did terrible things to all these kids you Mm -hmm. know like it's it's you know not just for her anymore yeah um well because i i did this mission before i did the samara mission Mm. i i got to talk to her for two rounds and like just to preview like one of the things that she says is i did what i did so that like when i die that place dies with me yeah. like the yeah. the only place that it exists now is in my head mm. and when i die it'll be gone forever mm. which which i think does speak to that that theme mm-hmm. um yeah yeah um so courtney talked her down did not <laughs> did not shoot a rash and he just runs away and i don't know if I don't know or where how he gets off the planet because he must he must have a ship that he got there with. I but. guess so. But he's been here for a year. So, like, mm-hmm. I guess the ship still works. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so before you leave to blow the place up, you can look around the room. So you look back through the, the two way mirror and you realize that she could see everybody and they could not see her. And then she says she used to, like, tie herself to the bed and then try and like break out of the restraints and stuff to like mm-hmm. i guess tr- try to get better at breaking out of restraints uh and then she sees a desk and she's like this desk was my best friend i would like hide under it and cry this is like the only friend i really had uh and it's sad and then you see a blood splatter she on the wall see the world's saddest room tour <laughs> yeah and then <laughs> and then you see a blood splatter on the wall outside and she's like this is where i killed my first guard and it's like mm-hmm. okay that sucks um and then <laughs> and then you can finally leave uh, and I love this little scene. It's a good um, scene. She's yeah. sitting there like flicking the detonator open and closed. If you've ever seen X2, the second X-Men movie, um, there's the character. Uh, I'm so sorry to any X-Men fans out there. There's a guy who can like light. He can control fire and he just carries around with him a Zippo lighter, which he like clinks and unclinks oh. the whole movie. So she's doing that. She's uh, just like flicking it open. Uh, for K-drama fans. Oh. Uh, who have seen Vincenzo, they will also recognize that. There you go. Uh, And then finally, 
She hits the button. <laughs> the bomb begins to go off. Shepard like bangs on the door like, hey, hurry up, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Which or is like, just, like, heads up, we're about to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this bomb is fucking humongous. Huge. Yeah. Dude, it's it's like, like nobody anticipated that, that it would be this extreme. I yeah, guess. I thought we were like blowing up a building. It's like, no, we are like turning the side of a planet into like a level plane it's, like we're yeah getting it's like the a Vermeer level nuke <laughs> yeah it's crazy um so you do that and then uh, the mission is over congratulations yeah it's like it's so big that the shockwave like hits the yeah the shuttle and, and you're like miles like, away yeah it's, it's crazy. crazy um so then you get back on the ship and a thing happens that i assume happens because we have done both jack and miranda's yes. missions um yeah. where as you're it's interesting they start the sound clip before the scene is fully faded in but mm-hmm. it's joker like hey jack and miranda are fighting uh you should go stop them doing that and you said okay i'll be right there and he says take video <laughs> which is funny <laughs> yeah um uh and then you get to Miranda's office and they are fighting and Jack throws a chair at her and Miranda just like throws the chair to the side because they both have mm-hmm. biotic powers. And Jack is basically just like, she won't, <laughs> pointing to Miranda's like, mm-hmm. she won't say that what Cerberus did was wrong. Uh, and Miranda's like, well, it wasn't really Cerberus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were clearly like, they, they clearly like gone rogue or whatever. And then you have the option to take Jack's side, take Miranda's side or Paragon or Renegade them. Um, mm-hmm. And I Paragoned and was like, there is no time for this. Both of you shut the mm-hmm. fuck up. <laughs> We're trying to save the galaxy. So maybe if you could like put this but in, in the back burner for a bit, we can save the galaxy and then you can you can like fight it out. Right. Uh, and they're both just like fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I took the renegade option, sure. which is basically like, all right, the two of you just like keep away from each other and you can tear each other apart after the mission. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you want to know a secret? Sure. If you take someone's side, yeah. you lose the other person's loyalty. Yeah, I was wondering what the consequence was. Yeah, okay, yeah. interesting, 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 interesting. Hmm. So can you get it back? Or is no. it just like, going, whoa. That's it? Wow, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, wild. For the record, if I had to take a side, I would take Jack's side. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to Agreed. put that on paper, I guess. Uh, so then we are just back on the Normandy going around. (laughs) I wrote in my notes in Jack's hole because she just is under the ground, uh, under the fucking engineer place. She basically is just like, you know, you don't know what it's like to have all this stuff in your past following you around. And Shepard's like, I do actually, because everybody does like, Mm -hmm. you know, we all have things that we need to bury or things that we need to just like let go. um, That is that are like big and affect our lives in major ways. So like, this is just another thing that like you had Mm -hmm. to go through that everybody else has also had to go through. And she says that sparing Arash was just another step to letting the facility go, letting him go and do whatever. He was just stuck in the past, but I'm stronger than him is what she says. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, right. And she thanks Shepard. Uh, and it's like, whatever you need doing, we will do. And I said, okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's just a different dialogue or what, but uh, d- for me, that conversation ended with her saying, I'm not used to saying thanks. So. Like, and that's just sort of like where it ends. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's kind of cute. Yeah. I think she ends um, off with like, I'm not good with this like mushy stuff or whatever, but I, mm-hmm. I, I think I remember her saying thanks. I don't know. She said thanks in an earlier yeah. conversation, so maybe it was different. But I know I picked some like renegade <laughs> options in there. I so. mean, you did have her kill a guy, so <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, with Jacob again, it's like telling him he's bottling his feelings. He's like, yeah, pretty much. Um, and that's what I intend to keep doing. Did you talk to Morton here? I did talk to Morton. He called his nephew. 
Yeah. Yeah. So they had a fun conversation uh, and he's like, it was nice to hear, you know, my nephew's voice and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had to lie about uh, my work. (laughs) Um, And then he gives this interesting bit about Solarian culture. There are two, there are two distinct secrets that you keep from family. One is basically gossip. He's like, one is like, Mm -hmm. you know, you keep it, but it warrants like digging and then it rewards you with drama (laughs) or whatever. It's like, okay. Uh, And then there are the other ones that are (laughs) dangerous if they are discovered. (laughs) Like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, and then I do love the idea of this, like this culture, the short lived culture where like everyone processes things quickly, where like drama is just sort of like, well, it's just fun for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like we all get over it so quickly, yeah. but like it doesn't really matter. It's fun. <laughs> uh, and so Courtney can be like, why wouldn't you just like because it's like social cues or whatever mm-hmm. uh, of like what type of lie a lie is. And Gordney's like, why wouldn't you just say that everything is dangerous? Like yeah. he basically explains, it's like, well, it's like humans yawning uh, that, you know, if you see another human yawn, then you'll yawn. But if you try and fake a yawn, it's like kind of, you know, you can kind of tell when someone's faking mm-hmm. it. So it's like, it's kind of like that, uh, which I thought was a really cool comparison. Yeah. And then uh, you're like, oh, what, what led you to calling your nephew? And he basically says he had to personalize his stakes on this mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, can't anthropomorphize entire galaxy, but can think of favorite nephew fighting for him. Yeah. Really sweet. Sweet. Uh, and then he basically is like, I'm thankful for this mission because it is simple and clean. Shout out to all my Kingdom Hearts fans. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, it's 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 better than the genophage. And it's something that he can be proud to be a part of. And if he doesn't survive, it's something he can be posthumously proud of. And he yeah. gets like a thumbs up. I'm like, OK. <laughs> um, and that's that's that whole combo. Yeah. That's um, I think that's pretty much what I what I had here cool. covered some of these conversations later. Yes, yeah. because I did things in different orders. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, so now I have a secret thing. Yes. As I had insinuated earlier, I have made a decision, uh, a romantic decision, Mm -hmm. and those eagle-eared listeners may have picked up on, I visited the Shadow Broker lair again. So I have... (gasps) (laughs) I have... No way. I have concreted my romance with uh, Liara in this case. Shut the front door. (laughs) What? Why? (laughs) That is just not what I thought you were going to do here. Really? What did you... I thought... Okay. Let me find... Uh, a moment please okay we're searching discord messages <laughs> yeah uh in a message a dm mm-hmm. to stephen hilger dated august 9th 2022 <laughs> i said i'm gonna call a shot right now and i'm sending it here as evidence in case i'm right i think aj is gonna romance thane sure okay thanks have a good day um and stephen said thane or garris and i said Yes, my guess is they'll feel compelled to romance Garrus because it's such a popular choice, but they'll end up with Thane because they like his story. Nobody <laughs> clocked that you would keep going with the Liliara romance. Please tell me everything. I love this for you. I didn't either. I had just talked to her at the at the Shadow Broker place. And, you know, we were just talking about, like, all the info that the Shadow Broker had. And, like, he knew that the Protheans were the collectors and all of this other stuff. And he basically knew everything that's going on. He had information on the Reapers, which is why he was, mm-hmm. like, trying to help Shepard in some instances. Uh, because he didn't want the galaxy to end because then he would be dead. Uh, and then, you know, you can just be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> and mm-hmm. She talks about how, like, you know, 
it's been two years, so things are kind of complicated. So I don't want you to feel like you owe me anything. You know, I don't want to put pressure on you to feel anything. And the the, the option, the romantic option there is I do. <laughs> um, it's like, <laughs> I remember the last time you put pressure on me was pretty good. Hey, um, oh. and she's like, oh, really? Uh, and, you know, yeah, whatever. And you invite her up to the Normandy for drinks mm-hmm. and you come up to the Normandy uh, and she is in her like you know, we've seen it a couple times, like the Asari kind of like dress regalia where it's got uh-huh. like the the red chest part that like goes up to the bottom of the neck and then the, it's just like a, a dress. And you have like a really nice conversation, honestly, about like how it's like been two years. She brings back your old uh, dog tags um, mm-hmm. and you can, you know, put them on your desk or whatever. And she says, like, I spent two years mourning you. And like, I really don't know if this is like, like, if this is going to be a thing that we're going to do, I need to know mm-hmm. that it is like something you're in on. Like, it's, you know, I, I can't really like afford to, you know, emotionally or mentally to like lose you again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Courtney's like, you know, I'm not going anywhere or whatever. Uh, and then they they hug and they do some flirty dialogue. And then that's that's the end of the scene. She leaves. It's a really, really sweet scene, if I'm being completely honest with you. And yeah. I feel like this really tracks uh, if AJ were to make a choice of who to romance, it would have been Thane. <laughs> if AJ were going to romance somebody, it would have been Thane. But I think... But this is Courtney's story. Yeah, this is Courtney's story, exactly. And I think it makes a lot of sense for her to to continue with uh, Liara. Just, I mean, as as much as the decision to, to romance Liara was, like, forced in the first game, mm-hmm. um, I think having, you know, the whole Shadow Broker mission and, like, talking to her and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, like, talking to her the first time at the Shadow Broker lair and being like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. You know, I think we can kind of just like, keep being friends for now, whatever. Uh, and then going back and seeing her again and continuing to have these, like, this, like, deeper conversation, I think, uh, kind mm-hmm. of kind of warranted that stuff. Re Garris... Uh, I think I said this before on the show, but Gortney views Garrus as like a battle companion. Like he is like a uh-huh. reliable guy and he's like fun to be around and hang out with and stuff, but it's not like romantic. It's just like mm-hmm. just bros, you know, bros being bros. Yeah. And then Thane is just like too sad. For, yeah. For well, and I can tell you how both of those romances end. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I'll, I'll keep you informed as we go. I won't, uh, spoil anything yet because i think the way that the garris romance comes up is pretty funny so i'll let you experience that for yourself okay and then we can talk about where it goes from there yeah um so yeah yeah so that is the uh, loyalty mission yeah yeah so that is the uh, romantical choice I have made. And I Congratulations. feel like I can't go back on it because we've already done the scene. Um, um, I'm sure I could like in the game go back on it, but I don't think I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where you're locked in with with Liara in this one. Um, yeah. yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing, too, is like everybody on the ship besides Garrus and Tali um, are like mm-hmm. they're out of necessity. It's not like mm-hmm. we are like you know, found each other and like whatever, right. we don't have any history or, or anything. And it's like, you know, we have history with Liara and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. it's, you know, nice to, to be emotionally involved and in, uh, committed to a person in that way, uh, who isn't also working for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but Hey, if Liara turns out to be some sort of, uh, like <laughs> all too well situation where she writes a, <laughs> you know, a 10 minute, uh, or a, a shadow broker dossier and sends it out to everybody in the galaxy of like Gortney Shepard sucks shit. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know where I was going that. I just wanted to make that joke. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert. That won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so, so that's, uh, 
that's where nice. I am at. I'm I'm excited for you to see. So the decision that you have made has a fun ramification for some other characters. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are certain characters that if you don't romance them, they end up together. Oh, and I'm excited cool. for you to find out <sighs> who that is. Me too. Ooh, I love that. I never even considered the idea of other characters ending up together. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is there is another couple that emerges and it's very cute. So you won't see that until Mass Effect 3. <laughs> sure. I kind of wish that they didn't let you romance anybody until Mass Effect 3, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I do. Like, as you were talking, it makes sense to me why you would feel the most drawn to the Liara romance, because the the romances the longer they go on the sweeter they get sure. and the more like you really really feel it sure. like i guess like a little bit of a spoiler i guess not really um but like the garris romance starts out purely sexual it starts mm. out as a friends with benefits mm. thing basically where you're like hey you want to like you want to fuck basically it's like how that okay. conversation goes okay and so and then it develops into something a lot deeper and more romantic in three. And it's still like, mm. obviously, you're still friends. And it's sort of like I it's it's like a I respect you a lot and like care about you. And so like whatever, you know, let's bone. But like <laughs> like the way that it develops in three is is really beautiful. And so I do think that like I remember when I first played Mass Effect 2 and did the Garrus romance, I was like, is this it? We're just it's just casual mm. like i was like confused mm. and then like as time goes on it like it's so good yeah i have um, to tell you i think that's like my preferred way for that to go like for any of these yeah yeah well because like all the time we're spending together is like on a mission mm -hmm. to save the galaxy that's not like when you get to know a person you know what i mean like yeah. on a romantic level so if anything you're just yeah. like we're gonna fuck before the galaxy ends so like mm -hmm. uh and then for that to transform later i think is good it does like the way that it develops, it feels like or weirdly organic, mm. the, the idea that like that's how it starts, yeah. um, that like you go from friends to like, oh, maybe well, whatever. And then it's like, actually, I am in love with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. It's very sweet. Yeah. Uh, we love a friends to lovers arc. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely see the draw of like like the the romances pay off the longer you have them. Sure. So I think it's going to be it's going to be really nice. Yeah. There was a line that Courtney had was like. Because Liara's like, if this ends right now, like what what happens mm -hmm. to us? Uh, and one of the options is like, we're dead, I guess. Like, um, but the <laughs> other one is like, you know, it's me and you on like a, a nice planet or something with like a bunch of little blue babies running around or something. And Liara's mm -hmm. like, like pushes you and is like, stop, don't say that stuff unless you like really mean yeah. it. So I'm I'm curious That's to see. Really cute. Yeah, I'm curious to see if Mass Effect Three throws any wrenches in that, but <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, everything mm -hmm. today. That's it. Yeah. Next week, more loyalty missions. Maybe the IFF mission. That feels like it'd be a chunky episode if we did all the loyalty missions and the IFF. Yeah, I think probably just loyalty missions. Yes. Yeah. Cool. IFF, we should save because that really slingshots you right into the end. Okay. Kind of. Okay. So maybe we, um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it off the podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess we have what? Thane, Garrus, and Tali right mm -hmm. and that's is that all i think that's it and, wow. and then i think we're ready to to go so i guess in two weeks get ready for the iff episode <laughs> the iff episode that didn't work out as much as i wanted it to yeah no it, i i see where you're <laughs> thank you uh so uh thank you so much for listening to this episode uh thank you for listening to all of our episodes any of our episodes if you like the show you should 
Whoa. If you like the show, you could share it on Twitter. You can rate and review us on pod. What? Oh, my God. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever Mm -hmm. podcast aggregate you use. If you like the art, uh, that is by Scout Wilkinson. Her links to all of her stuff are in the show notes. The art is incredible. I love it a lot, and it makes me happy every time I look at it. Uh, If you like the music, that is by Amaranthon. His links are in the show notes. Uh, Like we've said the last few weeks, he has a new EP out uh, or album, whatever. uh, New music collection uh, (laughs) called Cool Jams. It's really good. You should get it. Uh, Links to his band camp are in the show notes. Uh, If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, it's at AsyncPod. If you'd like to join the community Discord, that is at theworstgarbage.online. That link is at the bottom of the show notes. Uh, and if you would like to follow me on twitter.com, that is at AJ Falleri. I am at Okimmies. I did not stream this week, but I do want to get back into streaming these. So uh, follow me on Twitch at Okimmies as well. Cool. To watch those. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with that, the episode is over. Kim, what are the final words today? Listen, if you need motivation to do good today, Don't try to anthropomorphize the entire galaxy. Just call your favorite nephew and do it for him. You're making me fucking cry. Jesus Christ. Uh, (laughs) See you, everybody. Bye. TWG, the worst garbage, the online.